Hello and welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, Anne Hughes. In this conversation, I am joined by Anne Curry as we talk about hypnotherapy and how that works and how it can really change your life. In this conversation, we're just chatting about the benefits of our thinking differently. Nothing changes if nothing changes is one of Anne's mantras. So we're chatting about mindfulness, about patience, about trust, about dealing with change and about having a deep sense of knowing about what's right for you and what's not. Enjoy. Anne, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Anne. Thank you. Great. Tell us a bit about you. Okay, well, I'm a hypnotherapist and I also do NLP coaching, mindfulness, mindfulness for adults and mindfulness for children. I do a bit of singing therapy for um, people in care homes as well. So quite a mixed bag there, but hypnotherapy is what mostly keeps me busy. Uh Great, great. And we have, you've been on Ignite the Radio show before, so we've already spoken lots about this. And when you were on that, we did actually have a wee hypnotherapy session as well, which was lovely. (laughs) But today, sitting here, what do you know for sure, Anne? Okay, well, that's a, a really good question. And I, I, thinking about it, like just off the top of my head, because I, I love the hypnotherapy, I love the, the, the results that I get from it, I'm going to say what I know for sure is that hypnotherapy works. Mm. Now, it may work at different stages in people's lives. It may work right away after they come out of a session. But I do know that it works at different stages with different people. Uh-huh. And you started us off by telling us that that's what you do for a living. But when did you actually, because it's a relatively new thing, isn't it? So when did you find hypnotherapy and how did that journey begin and go on for you? I've been doing this for just under about seven years now. Right. And I'd always wanted to be a coach. I wanted to be a life coach. But I always felt that I didn't have the experience. This was just me. I didn't have the life experience. And now at the age that I'm at, and even when I started doing my training seven years ago, I felt that I did have that life experience. And now I'm doing something that I really, really love. Mm -hmm. And, And I think that that actually helps. It shows as well yeah yeah, as I was saying to you I never have planned questions or anything for this podcast because I want it to sound very authentic and I think like you know there's a saying isn't there that if you if you love what you do you never work a day in your life and I think it's about if we're lucky enough to find that authentic path to wander life is Mm. just so much better so I mean I've said lucky enough there but it's not always easy to find yourself off in a freelance path and all that you know it comes with a lot of down days I know myself so how did hypnotherapy, what was your first learning in hypnotherapy? Did you do a session or did you decide to train before you'd ever done it? You know, how did that start for you? I went on, a, it was a, an event and one of my mentors, he had a, an event at the Royal Concert Hall mm-hmm. in Glasgow. And I just went along just to get some self-help. But then I saw how... NLP, the with the words, the the, pe- the things that people say, their actions, it all it it all integrates, and it can yeah. you can integrate it into like a, a session. You can use hypnotherapy with NLP, and with my mix of the experience that I've got with NLP, mindfulness, and hypnotherapy, I'm put them all in to a big bag, mix them all up, and I, yeah. I give these I. I 
give that session to my client with a mix of all of those. So going back to what you had said, sorry, when did I know that I wanted to do this? I wanted to do this right after that event yeah. that I saw. I knew that that was my calling. Ah, oh, and that's great, isn't it? When you just, I like to say, I've just got annoying. And yeah. when I say it quite often, other people in my life just look at me as if I'm off my head. But I've, all, I've, I've always got a bit of a knowing. And even when I relate back to other points in my life, when things maybe didn't go well, I always have a knowing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you agree yeah. with that? Do you have a knowing about things in your life? Yeah, definitely. It's like your gut instinct. You should mm-hmm. always follow your gut instinct. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I tell my clients because... That at a subconscious level, your intuition, it's always been there with you. You've got this knowing, so people should trust that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and people should trust that more than what they they trust other people's perceptions on things. Because that's their path, that's their journey. Whereas you, you've got your own your own knowing, Uh as you say. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, isn't it, people that ask everybody else's opinion before yeah. they make a decision and it's like trust yeah. yourself and even when my yes. my friends will ask me for advice because they sometimes see me as an oracle and my, my answer to them always is if they say oh, what do you think I should do I was like what do you think you should do and they're like I don't know and I'm like but what if you did no and therefore I never really by the end of the conversation they've often got the answer but it never came from me yes that's right that's like that's like coaching and it's mm-hmm. like you're asking them what uh-huh. they think because they're digging down deep. Yeah, they're digging mm-hmm. down deep to see what they can do, what what their capabilities are. And by usually when I'm doing my consultations, I I'm going into a lot of that with my my clients. And usually at the end of the consultation, I tell my clients it's thirty minutes, but it usually lasts longer than that. Uh-huh. And by the end of that, they're feeling better. Yeah, they're, they're on that road because somebody has listened to them. Mm-hmm. They've been digging deep see where they can find the answers and it's just allowing that to come to the surface mm-hmm. and it's it's like that aha moment uh-huh. that you get uh-huh. like that light bulb moment mm-hmm. it's it's like that and, and a lot of people from my consultations find they, they get that yeah and it's just we're so used to ignoring ourselves <laughs> I think aren't we and ignoring our intuitions but if we think about that in terms of your life Anne I mean have you always listened to yourself? Have you always had a knowing? Or is there a watershed moment when you can think, all of a sudden, I just started trusting myself? Can you reflect no. on that? No, I've not always. I've always listened to other people. Ah. Uh, until I started doing this work in myself, because this was about seven years ago, We to get to do this training, you have got to work in yourself. You allow your, your um, fellow coaches to work with you as well. And being allowed to have that free range and to be to dig deep and and find out where there's insecurities there's a root cause of things to find that once you find that then you're on your way to, to helping yourself uh-huh. so I've, I've used to always listen to people have other people's opinions affect what I would do but no it's like I now that I can I can say that I've had this I've done this work in myself I've seen the benefits in myself. Other people have seen it as well. I'm not the same person that I was seven years ago. Ah. And so what have those benefits been on? Self-awareness, just self-belief, really. Mm -hmm. Self-worth, like a lot of working on myself. Just believing in myself, believing that 
that what I'm saying is I've got a, a place on this earth as well. Um, not that I'm I'm going to stand up in my soapbox and, and shout about it and try and convert people. That's not what it's about. It's just people realising their worth, yeah. their self-worth. Uh-huh. Um, which I've went through as well on my journey. And I think, you know, I think worthiness, especially if we contemplate this as probably a mostly female audience, that women struggle with worthiness. I think all people, it's universal, isn't it? And I remember years ago actually buying a wee bangle that said, I am worthy. And I used to wear it every day, right? And then I thought, this is actually a wee bit counterintuitive because every time I look at it, I remember that I think I'm not worthy. Oh, you know that way and so now I feel very worthy now but I've obviously done a whole lot of living and I feel I do feel worthy of everything that comes my way and I've got a knowing and everything but it is a real journey isn't it to realize yes. that you're worthy and it comes up maybe not the word but it comes up I've done you know this I think is the 105th podcast or the 106th podcast that's a lot of women I've done 150 radio shows I've interviewed a lot of people and worthiness yeah. seems to be a bit of a problem for everyone doesn't it Anne? Yeah yeah definitely yeah um with my with mindfulness again that's another thing that a lot of people don't know about mm-hmm. I did during the, the beginning of lockdown I did a talk to some key workers and the first thing I asked them was what do you know about hands up who's heard of mindfulness and nobody had heard of it mm. mindfulness is a, a thing that goes a way way back to back to buddhism yeah. and going way back two and a half thousand years yeah. ago and not a lot of people have heard about it but the benefits of mm. it are amazing because yeah. you accept yourself the way you are mm-hmm. you you don't there's a lot of non-striving what are the other things like there's there's seven principles that I'm working through just now because uh-huh. um, I'm I'm on yet another course that mm-hmm. I'm doing it's another thing that I'm doing because mm-hmm. I want to be teaching this to young teens yeah at the moment I'm teaching it to young children primary school age mm-hmm. and adults but I want to home in on the uh, hone in sorry on the the teenagers yeah and and a lot of this is acceptance, self-acceptance, uh-huh. accept who you are. Now, it's taken me a long time to realise my worthiness. If I can teach mindfulness and if I can reach people with hypnotherapy and coaching with my therapies, if I can reach people at a younger age, yep. just think how their lives would turn out. Exactly. Just think how they would be if they felt worthy of themselves uh-huh. at a young age. Yeah. Yeah, and I think mindfulness is something that I do. And it's funny, I was speaking about the podcast to somebody recently and I was saying that it's mindful listening is something that has the podcast has really taught me because I have got no agenda. I don't know what you're going to say. So I have to really listen to you in order to know what my next question is going to be and trust that I'll have a question. Mm. And see this escape for me. So usually the person who's been on the podcast enjoys that they've been listened to right so they thank me after it but actually see getting out my own head for a a few times a week when I speak to women and record this podcast and actually just sitting mindfully listening and then I try to integrate that into other parts of my life and mindful Mm -hmm. listening is a bit of a game changer I think do you agree with that Anne? Yeah just exactly what you said Anne it is a bit of a game changer when I'm doing my coaching when I'm doing my consultations I'm listening to the person. I'm not 
getting involved. I'm not in there with them. Mm-hmm. What good is that going to be to anyone? They're they're yeah. coming to me to get the the help to get the coaching. Mm-hmm. It's it's coaching. It's in the word, isn't it? It's it mm-hmm. coaching someone. It's not trying to put your opinions onto them. Mm-hmm. It's and and I do that all. I I don't do that all the time. I sit back and listen yeah. to what they've got to say, and then. I will analyse that and I'll work out how I'm going to help them. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it is a bit of mindful listening that you've got to play that part as well. Uh-huh. And I tell you when mindfulness really came to my... And I've never done a course or anything, but I do I do know what it is. And I hate doing housework, right? And, <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? But and I remember listening... I think it was like Louise Hay or something I was listening to, and it was about mindfully like washing the dishes and washing the soap yes. bubbles and all that. And I thought, well, yeah. that might work. And now I mindfully do housework and I mindfully wash dishes. So like there's a, I've got three kids obviously, and there's always a lot of dishes and we don't have a dishwasher. And I was like, that's all right, I'll do the dishes because I actually enjoy the escapism because you give your own head a break. Because I mean, I don't know what the stat is, maybe you do, for how many thoughts we have an hour or a minute. You know, it's hundreds, it's thousands. Thousands of thoughts per day. And if you stay in that, then sometimes I think you can be exhausted because your mind is so busy. Whereas if you can do something where you don't let your mind be so busy, you actually feel like you've had a bit of a break, even though you've just cleaned your house. (laughs) Yeah. No, that, that's that's it exactly. And one of the things that I, when I'm teaching the mindfulness to adults, like, People think that it's just about meditating and Mm -hmm. it is, it's good, it's good meditation, but there's also different aspects of mindfulness. And one of the things you should try this mindful eating, Mm. try mindful eating. I give my clients a raisin or if they don't like raisins, if it's the kids, I would give them a Malteser. If they've got like intolerances, then I give them the raisin. We eat the raisin with a beginner's mind and it's, tasting that raisin for the first time now one of my clients on the course one one lady said she said I always remember when you taught me this at first uh, right at the end of it you said wasn't that the best wee raisin that you'd ever had <laughs> and and it is it's because you're tasting it you've, you've got this beginner's mind and like you with the dishes as well like I, I would say to people like yeah do the dishes do that mindful washing up do the mindful just sitting listening to a kettle boil mm. It's a couple of minutes that it's that you're that you're not going to be doing anything else apart from just listening to that. And when you come back out and go on with your own your everyday life, it's like you've had that time to yourself. Exactly. Exactly. You've and had that rest. Uh-huh. And so sitting where you do in your life now, do you feel more positive about how the rest of your life, like these last seven years have been this induction and you've started to form your career in this direction? But you've also said you live differently as well. So as you start to move into the rest of your life, as we hopefully move out of the pandemic and you go back into the world fully, does this make you feel better about what life could look like on the other side of all of these things that you've been doing, this bag of tools that you've got about how you live and how you think? It's made me more a more positive person. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like jolly from the moment I get up in the morning. Yeah, I mean, life's full of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. But it's made me look at things with a more positive slant. Yeah. For instance, during the, the lockdown, I'll use this as an example. Like during the lockdown, I would, before lockdown, I would see people in person 
face to face. I would see groups of people. And then I had to turn to, to Zoom, mm-hmm. just like a lot of people. Um, you probably did it yourself, yeah. and you yeah. you had to turn quickly and and, and start to, to learn um, new ways of communicating with people. And, mm-hmm. and I did this as well. A lot of my clients, I, I don't have a lot of clients that I would work with on Zoom. As soon as lockdown came in, I had more mm-hmm. working on Zoom. Then when the, the restrictions eased, we went back into a stage of seeing some people face to face. Whenever my insurance had said that I was allowed to do that, I started seeing people in person. Going through the lockdown, it made me use mindfulness more, mm-hmm. like going out into nature, just being grateful, the gratitude, being grateful for what I had yeah. around me. I, I have got a roof over my head. Thankfully, no, no leaks in the house. But I've got food and I can put food on the table. Just being so grateful for what I had. And also for, I mean, I've got some health issues, but I don't let them get me down. Just being, again, being thankful, being grateful that I didn't have the mental health problems that a lot of people had. And just turning that around and knowing and and finding a way that I could help them. Mm-hmm. And by doing the talks, the group talks to like key workers, I worked with NHS nurses who'd came off of like oh, just like 15 hour shifts, being exhausted, not knowing what was happening, not knowing when they were going to get the, the, the surge of patients, not knowing how to deal with them, just being totally mentally, physically exhausted and then turning that around and using the, the skills that I had. I wouldn't have been able to do that. I would have had the compassion for them seven, ten years ago. But now I know that I can help people. Mm-hmm. I know that I can help these people. And knowing that I could help nurses was like, wow, just lovely. Being grateful to be able to do that mm-hmm. and thankful that I took that path when I did. Yeah. And I think it's just, it's a lovely notion isn't it that you live your life and I totally resonate with it and try to live my life the same way that my life's not just about me it's Mm. about the impact I make it's about the people that I that I can help or that I can walk my path with for a while and and what comes from that isn't it yeah exactly Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. one of my mantras Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've got all these sayings but one of them and you probably heard it like nothing changes if nothing changes, exactly. um, I've got that. I've got it in the back of my business cards. Um, I've got it in, this is my therapy room that I'm in just now. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my clients actually got me a plaque that said that because she loved it so much. She said, I'm living my life like that now. Um, nothing changes if nothing changes. Change can be painful. And it really was at the beginning of this lockdown. Yeah, Change can be painful. And for me to help people get through that change, Often when they go through it, it's at that stage. It's once they come out the other end of that, I'm talking about mentally, when they come out of that, it's not near, it's not as near as painful as staying stuck somewhere yes. in their mind. Yeah. Where they don't where they don't belong. Uh-huh. You can get out of that. And that's where I'm always like always looking up at the plaque on my door that if nothing changes, nothing changes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Beautiful wisdom in that. Thank you so much, Anne, for joining me on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching Anne Hughes Ignite. 
If I refer to my radio show and the podcast, you can catch those on my Mixcloud. Again, just searching Anne Hughes Ignite. And if you or anybody you know want to answer this question with me, please do get in touch. Just go onto my website, annehughesignite.co.uk and fill in the contact page at the bottom and I'll be delighted to have this conversation with you too. Thank you.